don't I don't know what we did last time. Um, no. But you're you're gung ho about this topic, so you. Can I go mean, ahead. <laughs> we should, everyone should be gung ho about this topic. So you know. I definitely have things to say. But like, what about that sign though? Like that. Uh, 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 get into gah, it in a minute. <laughs> uh, uh. All right, that's going at the front of the show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> internet welcome to the transatlantic podcast a conversation with two trans people across the pond from each other my name is kat i'm a british trans woman and my co-host hi i'm lux and i am a, an american genderqueer transmasculine-ish person yes we are here um we're here to talk we're here and then it's the 20 it's 2018 new year new start all of that stuff people have res- resolutions resolutions revelations resolutions <laughs> <laughs> the New Year's revelations have come around. Oh, God. And the, the main, re- yeah, the horsemen have come down. Um, and by the horsemen, I mean Donald Trump. And he's in our faces um, at abortion rallies, telling everyone that he's super pro life. Mike Pence is saying he's the most pro life president ever. And that's how we're starting this year. Um, basically, with the anniversary of him getting in. And all that comes with that, which is my long way of getting around to saying there was a women's march that happened. <laughs> you know, ultimately the point. <laughs> I was getting there eventually. Now, the women's march last year, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe a lot of it was in response to Trump getting in and like him being a very famous harasser of women and all around sexual um fiend um and if that's the right word for it yeah but like the the women's march in washington i think was definitely seemed to be a response to that i don't know if you you were in america at the time and if you remember it differently no i think that that's accurate um it was definitely kind of a response i mean we're going to get into the meat of this topic uh so just i'll mention offhand right off the bat the you know the pink hats the pussy hats the, the fact that those were so prevalent and that it's like a symbol of the women's marches last year, I think it, it does stand to reason that it was primarily, like, people really still had that on the mind. The fact that he was, uh, you know, infamous for making these comments and then still got elected and all that. And so I do think that the women's march was largely a direct response to uh, the perceived sexism that's going to pervade the country for the next three years yeah far from perceived far from perceived at this point it's pretty pretty um well realized like so those those hats they were like they were there to basically satirize the grabber by the pussy remarks right like yeah yeah because there's been there's been a few things recently i've seen like popping up people have been like oh yeah all these sjw's complaining about pussy hats any women can wear pussies on their head if they want just because they're not penises and it's like I've never seen anyone complaining about that. Like, who was on there saying, why are you wearing a penis on your head? I've never... 
I mean, I've seen it only as like I've only I've only seen people be like, oh well. I, I guess I have to I don't know I've only ever seen it in bad faith I guess if that makes any sense yeah so, yeah like, so it's, I never like, see if, it if genuinely it's I don't think wearing a pussy on your hat is equating women in hood with having a vagina and I think oh so the, you don't backlash... fall on, on that camp I well I don't know this is that I brought I work it out because like so because it was a response to his remarks that's what I was grabbing onto but if it is just like oh we're women here's our pussies then it would be but well, because I thought it was a response melted to the into that, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're you're not sure that it's well. Okay, so I basically came down on like yeah, it it started out as like a you know this pussy grabs back kind of thing, but like the reason that it is a problem now is because of the fact that like white feminists took this and made it like a central symbol of the women's march which is essentializing and like not only not only essentializing by genitals but also by like race um and stuff like that so sure yeah it basically a lot of people take issue with it because not every woman who is oppressed uh by the law has like a vagina and also like, there are people who don't have, uh, or people who do have that anatomy who do still need access to those things and should thus not be discounted from the reproductive rights conversation because the reproductive yeah. rights conversation tends to be about women's reproduction and implicitly cis women's reproduction. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think, I guess, the part that I'm quite, I was fairly removed from it before because it was a lot of it was happening in America. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a London one happened this year, which, um, which I was looking up earlier. Um, but largely it's been like a lot of this stuff was like spread and people are still talking about last year because of the stuff we were talking about. And obviously 2017 was the year when um, the Me Too campaign really took a hold mm-hmm. and where um, the harass- where people suddenly, be- seems like people suddenly realized that harassment was wrong and were very surprised to learn that harassment was wrong and got very upset in the national papers over here like it's saying like oh what men have realized they can't they can't just casually slap a woman in the ass anymore what has this country come to oh my to? god that daily mail article was hilarious <laughs> it's amazing a pat on the bum just isn't what we thought it was like really <laughs> wow i feel like if anyone didn't know what the daily mail was like before they really got a good view from that like this is the country's like top selling newspaper and it really depresses me <laughs> Maybe because they have a really good, a really famous celebrity gossip column that all the other the international audience like. So I can blame, I can blame um, uh, transatlantic brothers and sisters for that as well. But yeah. um, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, so the women's march happened last year. A lot of it was in protest against Trump and um, sexual harassment and sexual violence and all that stuff that basically he was standing for by being a, a man who has repeatedly sexually harassed um, women, female colleagues. Um, who was basically validated by being elected to the presidency and who's continued to speak the same way and to treat women reprehensibly, speak about women as if they are not people and dehumanize women. And so this is a thing. And so this year it's happening again. Donald Trump's still in power in the US. Um, Harassment's a big, big issue, like bigger than it's been for a very long time. And that's a very good thing. Um, 
at the same time, a lot of people are just looking to throw the Me Too hashtag in the bin now. They feel like they've done with it. Like, they feel like the news cycle has gone around and they're done. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen a lot of this come around about the Aziz Ansari story. And a lot of people saying, oh, Me Too is dead. Me Too is done. Um, this one wasn't as bad as all the other ones. So suddenly it doesn't matter anymore. And women aren't being harassed, which is... Or, like, we're, like, suddenly nitpicking even smaller things with the Aziz Ansari story. Like, compared to, say, your Louis C.K.'s um, or your Weinstein's, like, Aziz's thing does seem frivolous by comparison. Um, And so I think that we're getting to a point where it's, like, a saturation part problem, partially. Yeah. And then also, like... It, it is starting to unfortunately give people that impression that they have of feminism that like oh if it's not one thing it's another you know so yeah it's yeah. starting to make us look like a little bit crazy but you know it, it, the fact that it does is not a good thing to reflect on society like yeah. yes it's still a problem even though it's just like it's, this is like do you remember when Dawkins did the stupid thing on Twitter where he was like, With one kind of rape one. is bad. Um, <laughs> and another kind of one is worse. It's like, can you not, though? Can you just yeah. not, though? Just please don't. Like, we just don't need to do that. Um, is that the one where he was explicitly talking about our former boss on Twitter? <laughs> I don't... I don't remember. I mean, I think that... I mean, all I remember of what Dawkins tweeted was, like, strange stranger rape at knife point is worse than date rape, basically. I think that was the gist... Of what yeah. he said, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's the same now, like the with the Aziz Ansari thing, like you know, just because it is comparatively less rapey, um, yeah. it's still pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a it's a problem that is relatable, and I guess that's what scares people is that they can pitch themselves doing that and not not being and not being um, and being a little ignorant at the time and hurting someone by accident and being like, and they can see themselves, and then I think they, they and then that makes people defensive. I makes yeah. not want to accept why it was wrong. Oh my god, can we talk about Dan Harmon? Have you heard about this? I have heard about this, please okay. explain. So, uh, Dan Harmon, co-creator of uh, Rick and Morty, for people who don't know, apparently while he was working on the show Community, and if I'm remembering correctly, he was show running, or Oh yeah, least, absolutely. Community yeah. was his baby. So he was show running for the TV show community for a couple of years, and he had a female subordinate, a writer for the show, who he harassed. And he recently came out uh, because he he said something kind of generic about the state of things, and then the woman in question was like, do you have anything else you need to say there, kiddo? And he was like, yeah, fuck it, you know what, I I need to really examine this. And so he basically opened up on, on his podcast about how he had mistreated this woman who had worked for him. Um, you know, she rejected his advances, and then he took the time to, like, think about it and realize that the way that he treated her was wrong and, like, nothing about the situation was okay. He said that it had never happened before and has never happened since. Um, and one of the things that I think really stood out a lot about his statements was that he he fessed up to having not thought about it. And that yeah. is, I think, um, the fear that a lot of people are having is that they hurt someone and they didn't even know. They didn't even think about it. They didn't even realize, like, I don't want to be explicit or anything, but I myself have had to look at some things that I've done in relationships in the past and been like, that was 
1,012% not okay. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, you have to know that it's not cool in the first place, and you have to be willing to examine your own behavior and think about what you did. And so people, men in particular, are having this thing now where they're like, well, what the fuck? Like, I can't, I can't even talk to a woman without, you know, having these potential problems come up. And it forces them to look at their behavior. And yeah. a lot of people don't want to be like, oh, that situation, I basically made that girl have sex with me. Like, yeah. nobody wants to think of themselves as a rapist. Yeah, you learn and you get better. And that's what we're supposed to do. Like, it... it you're not damned if you do people are, people can forgive you just need to recognize you've done stuff wrong and i feel like it's hard for people to think of themselves as the bad guy and i feel like if people are so see the world in such black and white terms that they can't admit that they've done something wrong so they just outright reject the whole thing and that's why a lot of these people are very very anti um her people outing people for harassment maybe because they're scared that they've done something like that and they really don't want it but you know, you can admit, like, you can change, people change, change, and just don't fucking do it again. If you understand, try and understand, try and be empathetic, right? Uh, like, I, I I was a big fan of Harmon's apology. I'm still a little bit wary about Harmon's a person after I admit, but that's fine. I always thought he was a bit of an asshole. Well, um, of course. I mean, I never thought that he was anything but an asshole. I mean, did, yeah. his whole, like, what was it, like, five-minute screed where he was yelling about Nazis and how it was going to be a war and... Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, Dan, calm down. But, yeah. I mean, like, really, but, yeah, but seriously, calm down. But, like, you're speaking the truth, but no, like, chill. <laughs> yeah. The thing is that Daniel Harmon's always been very open about being a huge asshole. Like, he's always said he's been an asshole. Yeah. So it's very believable. And so when he made that tweet that 2017 was the year of uh, the asshole, myself included, uh. the fact that he actually went on record and actually responded to it. I mean, it's awful that he did it in the first place, and obviously that writer, now she's got a good career. But, like, mm-hmm. that stopped her from working for, like, being able to trust showrunners and stuff for a long time. And it really did put a damper on her career. And from someone she should have tr- that should have been able to trust and look up to and be, have a, and have as a mentor. Yeah, someone who would have been a supportive character in her life ended up being somebody who made her feel insecure <laughs> and, yeah. like, tore her down. Like, he, he... It wasn't so much that, like, he was sexual towards her that was... The, I think the part that was the problem between the two of them was it was more that he just became very cruel yeah. after she rejected him, and that was that was the the worst like the worst aspect uh, at least how they talked about it afterward. Yeah, that's what it made it sound like. But um, yeah, I I have a lot of respect for Dan for being able to it just I don't know it's I feel like it's such a low bar, but people don't think about the way that they act and how it affects other people very often. And this is particularly a problem with people just not having empathy for women, not thinking of women as people until you get to know them personally. It's, it's a widespread issue, but um, yeah, Yeah. I just, I just wanted to bring up that thing in response to the fact that a lot of people are resisting this Aziz Ansari story because a lot of them see themselves in it and they don't want to. Yeah. I think it is, it is important as well, because if you compare that here, the way that he's talked about it to most people's responses, he's probably the only person who's sounded genuine. Yeah. I mean, he did it with very little prompting, and, like, he said he was sorry, but he also was like, and that shit doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter that I'm sorry. It's like, yeah. don't, don't even try to defend me on this one, because I'm not defensible. Like, I really think that it's just an example of a human being who can communicate something very well because they actually yeah. understand what happened 
And I think it's the kind of response that everyone was sort of hoping from Louis C.K. Yeah. Which we didn't get, but that's a whole other thing. He did not say I'm sorry one fucking time. No, no. Oh my god. Yeah. So this is 2018. Um, <laughs> um, so obviously harassment's still a big problem. Um, the Harmon thing, I believe, was the tail end of this last year or the beginning of this year. I, I think it was right the tail end of 2017. Yeah, the Aziz Ansari story, I believe, broke in 2018. Yeah. So it's an ongoing thing. We're not sweeping these under the rug yet. So obviously, still an important issue. So the Women's March has gone beyond Trump at this point. Um, it's impo- It's become important. It's quite. It's pretty widespread. We're having it in London, not just in the, in, the, in America and a bunch of American cities. Um, solidarity, um, resistance, all that good shit. Um, not standing for harassment. People know people have started to unite. People like know now that people will listen more than they were before. Hopefully that still continues and it's not just a temporary blip in the system. Um, which it could be and it has been before. Um, but the reason, the one of the reasons why, I believe the harassment thing is super important I would have wanted to talk about this anyway. Um, especially because we didn't really touch on the Me Too stuff last year rather than commenting on not feeling like we can really talk about it. Um, Mm. Which is part of the reason, I guess, why this comes back. So last year, I think we briefly mentioned the Me Too hashtag and I I said some little thing about not feeling like I could really put myself out there. Yeah, I think that we both expressed that same feeling. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, I like I personally was like I don't feel like I'll be welcome in, in that I don't feel like my perspective will be welcome especially as a trans woman because I know a lot of people out there don't see me my femininity as valid and mm-hmm. would just like label me a man and I've seen that on Reddit before you know I've seen it in real life before I've seen it all over the place like people when they think that they're not gonna have consequences they'll turn around and say you're a man though. And it's like, fine, you go fuck off. I kind of think you're a good person. Um, but this attitude is very prevalent along a group we like to call TERFs, T-E-R-S, trans-exclusionary radical feminists, um, which are basically an old school branch of um, feminism, which isn't really feminism because it's not intersectional. And as we all know, if it's not intersectional, it's not feminism. Yeah. Um, Let's just fucking preach that because that's really important. That's my takeaway for all of this shit. If you're not, if you're not, um, if you're not pro black women, if you're not pro um, gay women, if you're not pro trans women, you're not a real feminist. You know, I mean, you can tell you, you can tell me I'm not a real woman, and like, sure, you're not a real feminist. Not that you take <laughs> my my um, my criticism seriously, given that you already think I'm just a fucking joke. But um, obviously. Um, these these people label themselves as feminists, they consider themselves feminists, and so they come out to these events, these pro-woman events, and these um, events that are, do, are sort of related to and essentially part of the movement to um, end sexual violence um, and harassment against women um, and, and um, efforts to reduce misogyny and promote understanding and empathy with women and gender non-conforming people, although they probably don't give a shit about that last bit. Um, so at the Women's March this year, um, there's a nice photograph that's been going around, which... Um, I'm trying to pull it up. <laughs> yeah, caught my eye, and um, I'm still angry about it. Um, I had it up a second ago. Yeah, there we go. Um, it's not the only one of its kind. There's like So before this happened, before this photo went around, um, you could see that um, L- um, London... Um, 
Women's March tweet it made made a tweet saying misogyny uh, trans misogyny is not um, transphobia is not welcome. This Women's March is inclusive. Um, all this good stuff. Everyone's on board. Most of the people there are not transphobes, but a lot, a large portion. Uh, I say a large portion. That's probably me being pessimistic. There is a certain portion of um, the feminist community and of the lesbian community which do exclude trans people and believe that trans people women are invading women's spaces, are rapists by default, are um, evil, are trying to um, basically come into women's spaces and take them away so we can have our way with them because we're evil, weird men with which uh, it seems to go away a lot of when they went with, uh, when they're face to face with someone who passes, which probably tells you a lot about their actual motives and what they actually think. Um, so we have to get some water there. That's so okay. this um, <laughs> this sign was going around of this um, of this woman in um, one of the um, women's marches, and the sign says, "Trans women asterisk are men. Truth is not hate." Don't believe the hype in bold and explanation yeah. mark. In a box. Transy ideology is misogyny and homophobic. Woman is not a feeling, a costume, or a performance, or a, of a stereotype. Woman is a biological reality. That bit's highlighted. Yeah. There is no ethical or moral duty to lie to soothe a male ego. Yikes. Yeah, I think the thing that most offends me about this is that there's an asterisk um, and there's no matching asterisk underneath. <laughs> I mean, it's just to show the clear disapproval of using the term trans women in the first place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. Like, that's, that's all it is. The footnote is implied, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, so this has been doing the rounds. Um, Laura Jane Grace retweeted this. Paris Lees did um, with their own comments. Um, I made a statement on Facebook earlier, which I want to read out because I'm fucking angry about it. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of actually, I'm kind of, I'm not saying like all my Facebook friends should like like everything I say, but I think the fact that this got like less likes than any of my profile pictures is sort of telling. Well, um, Facebook also doesn't feed like f Facebook will tell people more that you changed your profile picture than about one of your random text posts. Right. I mean, that makes sense. So I said that the, f the fact that there are people using the women's march to attack trans people is fucking disgusting. These marches are supposed to be about pushing for equality and progress. Their message is important and should be heard, not appropriated so you can push your bigotry. And I actually had a bit more to say on that, but thank you for liking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought it was snappy like that and it would not, go, would not help the point by going on and making a big rage tweet like it's better to be succinct. Yeah. Um, but this is a this was the trend, the women's march is about equality it's a protests it's a rally it's about promoting equality it's about reducing harass harassment it's about raising awareness of women's issues why of oh, especially with all this all these all these harassment claims we're going out about with the misogynist and the possible rapist in charge of the US how is the most important issue to you that there that the even if we accept your the idea that trans women are men in disguise. How is that the biggest issue facing women today? How is this the biggest feminist issue? Even if you thought there were weird men in fucking like Waluigi mustaches trying <laughs> to creep into the trans the women's bathroom so they can cop a feel, surely that surely that isn't as bad 
as a fucking rape, accused rapist being in charge of the most powerful country in the world and like institutionalized sexism on a level where people are, it's coming out now that for years, people have been putting up with sexual harassment and rape in the, in the entertainment industry just to get by and it's been swept under the rug. Is that not more important? What is wrong with you? What, what can you possibly be so angry about? What have we done? And it, as a group, as a population that is consistently harassed, assaulted, and verbally attacked, murdered in the streets and raped, how is how do you look at that and think these people, these people, the raped, the murdered, the beaten, the bloody, are the people we should be punishing on this day, for promoting uh, promoting women's issues and the and trying to. Uh, reduce violence against women and harassment against women how do you look at the the harassment and violence against a type of woman whether you believe they're a woman or not and decide that's your issue it baffles me to my core and like i understand transphobes to a degree i get why people don't like us i get how it's hard to understand i get how people think it's a modern phenomenon i get how people who don't have an understanding beyond fucking level um gcse science think that they know how biology works and think that that means that trans that trans women can't be women i get all that because i'm because i can see into the eyes of stupid people i've seen what they fucking think but like i don't understand even if you think that we are the weirdest fucking perverts in the world how that is a more important message than fucking all the shit that's been going on recently and the constant struggle that women have been going through for thousands of years trying to get rep trying to become equal why do you want to push people under the bus like the suffragettes should get like they they do they they still somehow get a pass for being um racist which i don't agree with but most of us with these days would agree that it's wrong to think that black women aren't real women so why is it the same for trans women like <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> if i may please uh, stop me if I, if I may pretend to be a lawyer for a moment yeah. and represent satan <laughs> <laughs> i would say like first of all everybody has to have their issue so you know for a minute there i was an atheist activist and that was like my thing and then i realized that there's other things that are more important than that and it could Relatable. be argued do what relatable content <laughs> yeah hashtag relatable um so <laughs> it could be it could be argued that things like trying to get uh legal protection in the workplace for trans people is less important than i don't know child hunger or malaria you know like so i'm just for real just real quick everybody has to have their thing yeah and i think that a lot of these second waivers genuinely like genuinely believe that well first of all it's like a specific type of second waiver that becomes a turf they are the political lesbians they are the actual literal man haters so that's where they're starting from when they're trying to then approach the topic of trans women and they just view it as like god damn it another thing that fucking men are just coming to they just they want in our spaces they want they want our legal protections and i don't fucking get why they can't just stop you know what i mean like i'm pretty yeah. sure that they legitimately believe that it's just 
like I mean they 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 literally think that we're mentally ill and that we, and that it is possibly a political movement of men to attempt to disrupt the movements and organizing of cis women for their rights. Yeah. I mean that so. does make sense. And I do I can see now I've calmed down a little bit. I have been <laughs> I have been dabbling there perhaps wholeheartedly plunging into whataboutism which is not helpful um in any case basically saying like what about this isn't this better like it doesn't stop that being an issue yeah so i guess if you have an issue with trans women and saying what isn't this worse is basically me being dawkins Um, a little bit (laughs) yeah a little bit i can see that um but I mean, obviously, I I don't get it because I've reason I reasoned myself into accepting myself as trans. I didn't trick myself into it, and the fact that I can't that I'd see them not reasoning themselves into their position annoys me as a person who likes to reason their way into things and who bases their belief system on evidence and reality. Um, well, I would argue that they are doing the same thing. They're just working with a framework of information that. Basically, it's their own limit. It's their own cap. It's like, it's like when people graduate high school, they assume that they know everything they need to know to like function in the world. Right. And that's not true. And so people think that they've come to a quite natural and reasonable conclusion that biological sex equals um, one's internal sense of gender. And that if anybody doesn't feel that way, it is it is very sick behavior like people it's like okay if you can't accept your body if you have general body dysmorphia then that's generally considered an illness so trans people are kind of adjacent to that in a sort of way yeah i don't know how i'm trying to express what i'm trying to say i guess about this like the really annoys me is because i'm a trans woman on the internet i get this quite a lot and like it's just i've seen it so much and i've argued against it eloquently before and it never works so like, I'm far past the point of trying to explain this rationally. We have Paris Lees for that. We have pe- we have Zinnia Jones for that. We have people that will fight and be reasonable. But it's the point now where like you can see people being willfully ignorant, and it does get to me. Like um, so a few a month ago, um, this um, this gay journalist in the UK. Um, I say gay because it is relevant because he writes about LGBT issues and he's also looked down upon for being a super lefty liberal. Um, wrote this piece called Anti-trans Zealots, Anti-trans Zealots Know This History Will Judge You for The Guardian. And I saw this on the UK United Kingdom subreddit and I thought this comment section is going to be a shit show. And I was right. <laughs> um, so instead of people like actually reading the message, they just went in there and they were like, oh yeah, trans women are this, this, this and that. They're all men. And like, oh, I'm so liberal, though. And they congratulate themselves on... I, I've said this a lot since we started this. I think there's maybe a lot of the people I've been hanging around with rubbing off for me, um, including you. But, like, um, the, the people that just ju- congratulate themselves on being liberal whilst being unreasonable. And I see them on, pop out, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm super, super progressive. But I think this is just ridiculous. And it's like... So I wrote this comment. And um, this is going to be a bit of a soapbox for me because I'm quite hung up on all this shit. <laughs> I said, I said, this is going to have a lot of swearing, by the way, so trigger warning for anyone who hasn't listened to any of our episodes and heard me say cunt a lot. Um, yeah. 
it really is amazing how safe I feel as a trans woman in this country until I see how people react to us behind a screen instead of face to face. Five minutes of Googling can bring you all the understanding you need about why trans people transition, the shocking murder and suicide rates, the plethora of scientific evidence supporting the validity of trans identities. Why instead of educating yourselves are you throwing out hastily put together debunked arguments and acting like you're a progressive while spouting the very same rhetoric used against gay people 10 years ago? The very rhetoric that, when heard every day, day in and day out, drives trans people to suicide. It's not hard to Google people, and it's really not hard to have some basic fucking human decency. Try and have some fucking empathy. Fuck. And <laughs> the first comment I received to this said, I don't, I, I'm not being unreasonable. I just don't think you're a woman. And I'm like, have you fucking read my fucking comment? And like all of these people, and they, they look at me, they look at this, they look at this comment when me saying the evidence is out there, look at all this horrible shit. And they say, what about the evidence? I'm like, I fucking wrote out for you. So I, read, so I so someone uh, someone tried to fucking ask me for all of it. So I said, "This is what I'm talking about. You can Google this. Transgender people are no because he asked me a bunch of questions about this. It's, uh, transgender people are no longer considered mentally ill, just as gay people once were. Their classification was removed. The evidence con- con- overwhelmingly supports transition as the only cure for gender dysphoria, and it is one of the most successful treatments available in the NHS. The satisfaction rates the satisfaction rates are truly staggering." These rates do indeed change post-transition. Suicide rates lower transition, although they are still very high. So were suicide rates among gay people at the height of their media smear. I appreciate you're trying to understand. Still, my point stands. You could look this up at the same time it took for you to tell me that the clinically proven treatments I was given by qualified doctors, after years of being psychologically assessed and make extra sure it was the right treatment for me, were not valid. Please don't act this way about other forms of medical... Inter- People don't act this way about other forms of medical intervention. Not antidepressants, which have a much, have a much lower e- efficacy rate. Not even homeopathy, which is basically no efficacy beyond the placebo effect. You're coming at this from a great place. But ask yourself, why do you think you know better than every specialist in this field, maybe? And I only, like... I, and I was very reasonable from there on out. Because <laughs> at that point, I was in it, and I was getting upset by every single load of Reddit comments that were basically telling me to fuck off. Um, even though the, the, the lot of them did get removed... But this is what I de- this is what you deal with every time you set foot in the wider world and you see what people's true opinions are. So I see a sign like this where someone's proudly holding this up, and it really does. Even though I have people like on Facebook and stuff saying, "Oh, this is just a, uh, this is a what's it? What did uh, what did Alice say? Um, this is an insignificant and ignorant minority." I don't know if I believe that anymore. I really don't. I think I've got more cynical, and the more I've seen of it, the more I think it is more people than people like to admit. I think a lot of people have just gone a long time with being able to kind of ignore the issue. Like, you know, so many people will be like, oh, I've never even met a trans person, you know, that they know of. But yeah, uh, they're only an insignificant minority because there's only a small number of them that have the political motivation and the language to actually speak about the issues like there are probably i would say like i'm just gonna say for america i would say that probably like 70 percent of the general population would be if pressed to think about the issue a little bit with whatever information they have available to them would probably be like but trans people are kind of just mentally ill though like because i don't think that most people this sort of comes back to this issue of there's other things to worry about. When you have class conflict and race conflict like you do in the United States, it can be really hard to have intersectionality because your own issues are, like, overwhelming. So then when you have this other group, it's like, why should I care? Um, but then, like, 
this very vocal minority are going to draw a lot of attention and they're going to draw a lot of support for very strategically making themselves seem like they are more reasonable. Kind of like the the trans women are women uh, circle back on itself picture. You've seen that before, I'm sure. Um, I can't remember. It's just a circle. Like the the text is arranged in a circle where it it says trans women are women because trans women are women because trans women are, are women. And like yeah. it's true, but it was made as a turf like talking point thing where they were like, oh, this you know they're not providing evidence so they obviously like don't have valid points to make or something like that i don't i will i will say that when we use the argument trans women are women it does sound on its face like a circular argument yeah um but it's because it's sort of because like no because like explaining it takes a little bit longer and people don't like long explanations um so it's just easier to say that and it shouldn't be that hard to accept like the thing is like it's another thing. This is going to be another Dawkinsy thing. But like, so in this country right now, we have um, the Labour, the, the membership of the Labour Party, which is the big opposition party and the only left-wing party we basically have left, um, is um, them. The membership is start has started a petition, which has gone quite quite um, widespread and got a lot of signatures and um, a lot of donors, I think, for for this as well. Um, for an initiative to um, take trans women off the running for um, women's representation. So that if trans woman apply, um, gets a job in par- in the Labour Party, it doesn't count as a woman getting a job. Whoa. And people are taking time out. Are there, are these political activists that have their core issues, such as saving the NHS, fucking trying to work out what the fuck's going on with Brexit, all this stuff, like important shit. And we're in a time of crisis right now. And yet they're taking the time, they're taking their time and making sure this is what the hill they're going to die on. Even while, like, Theresa May, who is a fucking asshole, um, has, like, has said that, like, I think it was her that said, like, that, that trans rights are the only thing that her and Jeremy Corbyn, who's the leader of the opposition, agree on. And, like, it's prevalent and it's everywhere. And seeing it at this march just emphasizes, I think, the way that people, like, they get into activism and then they sort of lose sight of what they're fighting for and they have this demon, which is us. And they're pushing against it um, when, in my opinion, they should be putting that somewhere else. Um, and if you want to be a bigot, do it on your own time. <sighs> it does seem like a weird, like, that is not something, <sighs> I don't know. I was about to, I was about to juxtapose myself a little bit there. I, because on the one hand, like, I really don't understand why that has, like, like you were saying, of the women's issues that there are to talk about, why would you go to the women's march to say something negative about trans women? But again, like, I know what their view on that. Like, I've already made their argument for them in this very podcast. Like, they just genuinely believe that it's a political movement or a mental illness and that they legitimately are having their own rights restricted or that it's going to somehow delegitimize their movement, which even some trans people are are guilty of that kind of rhetoric as well though the response uh respectability politics kind of rhetoric not like binary trans people will say that about non-binary people uh trans people in general will say that about other kin that you know this is a distraction i i don't i can't make any sense of like why they think it's so fucking important 
And especially with, like, the statistics being what they are, like you were saying, like, we are a group of people that gets murdered, like, regularly, like a lot, like a lot. And why would we choose to inhabit that kind of space? Like, why would anyone choose to be an oppressed minority if it wasn't because they absolutely had to for the sake of their long-term, like, inner sense of self-value. I don't, like, I can't understand why people don't get that it's so, that it's such a big deal to us. Like, we are who we are, and yet we are putting ourselves in this horrible situation just so that we can live authentically because we feel like we have to live authentically or we will just kill ourselves. Like, that's just the reality of our lives, and people don't, do they not care? Like, what is it with people? Do they not know or not care or not care to know? Like, is it a combination of these? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. And the thing is, at the same time, that people, like, try and try and include us. So it's like, it's not like it's all going bad, but, like, it's there at the places where people are also there trying to support us, and it sends a really mixed message. And I think, uh, obviously, the organizations themselves tend to be on top of us. And you can't stop people from protesting, but it does really send a mixed message. And it, it, I don't think it's a time to be divisive. I think this is an issue in which we need to stand together. Like harassment needs to stop and like misogyny needs to stop. And I think that bringing, bringing hatred into this, like if you want to do, if you want to bring your transphobia in, do that fucking after this is all sorted out. If this is all sorted out. <laughs> Like, this is happening the same night, a couple of days ago, um, Stonewall UK released a bunch of stats on experience of trans people in Britain. And um, they found that two in five, two in five trans people experienced a hate crime in, the past, crime in the past 12 months. And 28% of experienced domestic abuse and 25% of experienced homelessness. Um, Paris Lees wrote an article on that, on that, um, and that stuff today in The Guardian. And the same newspaper that, has, that published... Um, almost all of Jermaine Greer's horrible tirades against us, along with other lots of other transphobes, um, mm-hmm. and just basically has Owen Jones and Paris Lees on our side, and Paris Lees being a trans woman that doesn't say a lot for us, um, and just talking about this and, and how there's there is an epidemic of violence against trans people, as the article says, as the article is titled. Um, on the same day that these fucking this signs going around and the people are debating online. And many, many, a lot of people are on our side at that. Thank God. But like, where, but like the big talk of a lot. One of the big talks of this, of this, um, of these marches, besides um, the obvious, is just this. It's the debate around trans people, and it shouldn't be there. And um, Paris Lee's even talked to the London's march at Lon- that the London Women's March. So I'm quite happy about that. But um, yeah, I just. It's one of these things I think that's always going to be a bugbear of mine because I because it is just attacking the population I am part of and kind of feels like it's a direct attack on me and people like me as a public facing trans woman. And I really think this is largely done now, but I really think we need to I said I said a minute ago that we need to be divided. That it's not a time to be divided. But I think if we do not distance ourselves from these comments and the people making these comments, it really does risk and validating them and giving them a platform and letting it seem like their views are not only respected and accepted but part of the mainstream conversation. Yeah, and so. I pretty much exhausted myself talking about that. So 
do you have any any more thoughts on the women's march before I go on just talk about some other SJW thing because I think it's funny and I want some sort of light relief after this finger rant. Um, uh, I don't I don't really know that I have a lot to say about it. Um, I find it annoying that I seem to never learn about these events until they're happening. So like there was a women's march in my city and I live in like a college town. There's a decent population of people here during the school year. And like, but it's still pretty small. So usually the big events will be in like Kansas City, which is not terribly far away. But we had a, a women's march actually here in my town, and I didn't know about it until the day of while I was at work. So like, I just feel like that's a failure of community organizing, and I wish that there was something that we could do about that. Um, it's I just find it very fr- that's like the only real thought that I've had about the march this year. Aside from just being extremely disappointed in the transphobia that's been coming out and then, you know, hopeful at the fact that there are trans women who are speaking at some of these events and that transphobia is being looked down on by some of the, you know, organizers and things like that. I just find it frustrating that I I never know about them until they are happening yeah. And then it's just like, what do I do with my life? I guess part of the problem is that grassroots stuff is just inevitably going to be hard to find because a lot of it is word of mouth. And like But we have the internet. Yeah. I should I should know about it. Like it's like Planet Comic Con is a thing that happens in a very close to me place every year and I never ever hear about it until like my f- family is going that weekend. And I'm like, what when did Planet Comic Con get announced? You know, like when did that occur? And the same thing happens with political organizing. Like all, and I don't understand how that works. Yeah, because it seems counterintuitive. It needs to be in the right circles. I guess, or like not. I don't know. Facebook not showing a lot of things. Like I don't know. I've heard some really awful stories about Facebook algorithms recently, where like people didn't even know that, that like friends of theirs had been hospitalized and then passed away because they just didn't post very often. So when they did post, Facebook just doesn't show it. So I, we I could go on for a while just about f- terrible Facebook algorithms. Yeah, it's and not why, good. Why like, I only see like the, like comment over three people because they always post videos. I never watch videos on Facebook. Why are they always showing them to me? Because it's part of the algorithm. It sucks. Yeah. Well, I think it just, it's just here to be in the right circle. Like, it's like every, every year, you know, like, when Skepticon's on. But, like, you won't know, like, when all the good all the other shit is happening. Just because it's the kind of people that you have on at hand, I suppose. Yeah. But like I said, I never know about Planet Comic Con until my family is going <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> well, your family should really tell you. That's on them. <laughs> it's true. This is a call out. Dad. Yeah, Dad. You're my dad now. How's that what you feel? I already have a dad, and he listens to this show sometimes, so I probably shouldn't say that. I love you, Dad. I'm not abandoning you for a new dad. Don't worry. Stay in, stay it, in school. It would be like Leonard Nimoy. My dad would just be like, okay, you can just, anybody can consider me their dad. I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know how he would feel about that. Is, that. is that a Leonard Nimoy thing to do? Well, okay, so about a year before he passed, Leonard Nimoy tweeted something about like anybody out there who wants to consider me their honorary granddad you can do that and i was like ily <laughs> leonard nimoy it's a real thing that happened it made me so happy what the fuck leonard nimoy i know i also caught I, I don't know if i have them still i really hope that i do uh i caught him 
being an old person who doesn't know how to use Twitter one time, like, he tweeted something and meant to tweet it with a picture, and, like, so it got tweeted without the picture, and then he tweeted something else, but, like, cut himself off in the middle of the sentence after realizing that the previous tweet didn't go off right. Aww. But So that landed a second misfire, which was just, like, a, a partial sentence. <laughs> <laughs> So I got the screen grabs before he deleted them. It was just one of those things where I never spend any time on Twitter, but it was hilarious. That's so glorious. It's like the time like, Ed oh. Balls tweeted Ed Balls. That was a good time. Wait, what? There's a Labour M- Labour member of Parliament called Ed Balls who just sent out a tweet that just said Ed Balls, and it was <laughs> one of my favorite moments on the internet. I got retweeted <laughs> so many times. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. How did he even do that? Like, what what was he trying to do? Just tweeted his own name and it just went viral. I mean, I guess. (laughs) The Gregory Brothers made a song about and everything. (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious. So good. Wow. So now the heavy stuff's out the way. (laughs) Yeah, and now we can just fuck off for the next 10 minutes. I am. so this is going to be very tangential, but I just thought, as people who have been discussing um, people saying SJW who are stupid and stuff like that, I the so I follow the comics community because I'm a big Marvel fan, and no jokes, I would like to write X Men and Spider Man someday. Someone tell Marvel. Um, uh, <laughs> the, so, Send him your CV. Yeah, I mean, I got my CVs pretty crap right now for that. Actually, that's not true. My CV was all right. Um, but I haven't got any invitations. So I need to finish my um, my um, novels before they'll get me. And that's going to take a lot more work. Anyway, anyway, um, one of the artists at Marvel, um, he was, I think, well, he was drawing Cable a couple of, a bit ago, which um, couldn't give a shit about. Cable's really boring, and this is with Deadpool, in my opinion. But um, this is as someone who read Cable and Deadpool on the regular um, Cable on his own. No, I don't give a shit. Um, anyone who doesn't know, this is going to be a stupid explanation. I should just leave this to Jay and Miles. Um, so Cable is the alternate, is the son of Cyclops and Madeline Pryor, who is a clone of Jean Grey, made by the evil scientist slash mutant slash not mutant slash slave of apocalypse, Mr. Sinister. Um... Who Cyclops does not realize is not is a clone of Jean Grey and gets married to and has a baby with. Cable's the baby of that okay. marriage. Then he gets sent into the future by some at the end of like the first run of X Factor for some reason, and becomes back as a really old man with a who's very built with like a giant gun and a metal arm and an eye that glows that likes to murder people and mentors teenage girls and boys. And it's a very strange story. Anyway, beside <laughs> the point, um, the guy that draws the comic for this weird asshole um, <laughs> tweeted recently, and uh, I'll comment against, we were talking, so people were talking about X-Men, because X-Men are obviously an analog for a lot of social justice issues. So like mm-hmm. the race, the civil rights movements initially heard were conceived um, it moved on, sort of moved on to gay rights and um, other stuff like that. Um, recently, it's become a little more intersectional. There are LGBT X Men that are getting the, getting the spotlight recently, which is good. Um, 
and they haven't really touched on much trans stuff but because i guess we're a bit behind the times but it'll happen eventually and um, marvel's always a bit behind dc and that sort of thing um mm-hmm. so he tweeted i guess in response to the sjw x-men comparisons x-men are closer to jews in sjw hitler's germany fighting for freedom because they see ideologues rising silencing them weaponizing hate racism and socialism against the people they claim are the root of social ills SJWs are not Nazis, but Nazis Nazis are SJWs, and X-Men aren't SJWs. What the fuck? <laughs> what even was that? I, oh my god. What? <laughs> it sounds like you're about to cry. It's so stupid, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna send you this because I need you need to you need to have this. <laughs> I need it, okay? I sent it in the Discord chat. Let's take a look. Okay. Uh, (laughs) This this is like, I recently joined a group on Facebook that's like, turns out you can just put words in any order, and I feel like this is that. Yeah. Like, you can just put words in whatever order you want. What? SJWs are not Nazis, but Nazis are SJWs, and X-Men aren't SJWs. <laughs> Just trying to wrap my mind around what the fuck this person is trying to I say. I think it's a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we solve it, this is our invitation to the universe where X-Men are real. Like, yeah. it's like a complex algorithm. I've been watching The Flash. I'm if sorry. You the t- oh, is, is there, are they doing Flashpoint now? <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been watching season three. Oh, be careful! Don't is... invite the new fifty-two. That's gonna be terrible, terrible for everyone. <laughs> Do what? Uh, don't make sure it doesn't bring in the new grittier era of DC Comics like it did in the comics, because that'd be really bad for the CW's ratings. I mean, <laughs> Arrow Arrow is dark. Have you watched Arrow? No, I have God. not watched Arrow. It's dark, and there's a lot of uh. They do sister episodes and stuff like that. So, like, The Flash will appear in episodes of, of Arrow and vice versa. Those are, like, my favorite episodes when this version of Barry Allen just... Like, especially at the beginning when he's like, Oliver, I need you to train me. And Oliver's like, okay, well, you're a moron. So, yeah. let's start there. And then, like, literally just shot him. Like, just literally shot him. It Seems was reasonable. really hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, you didn't, you didn't case... The environment. That's what the lesson you learned was that I had these crossbows set up to shoot you, and you didn't notice them, and that's lesson number one. (laughs) 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 So yeah, I think that The Flash still manages to have quite a bit of levity because there are characters um, that sort of represent, like, uh, the audience in a way. Yeah. Like, there's the character Cisco Ramon, who frequently makes, like, internet meme uh, references. He wears shirts that have memes on them and stuff like that. So he's kind of the character that we can insert ourselves into the storyline through. Um, yeah, that's going to get dated very dark. fast, those, in those memes. Oh, well, I mean, they already are. I mean, I remember, okay, Felicity, who is the, uh, she's the tech person in Arrow. She says, Lasai at one time oh, jesus and i was like that's adorable because like it, it, i mean it's dated because nobody talks that way anymore but we used to not even when that show was airing that's like it that i enjoy it because it's like the development of internet colloquialisms and internet dialects yeah that everybody used to say whatever and it fell out 
but it like still exists as part of our history. So like the the memes may be out of date, but like I don't know if you hear Harambe mentioned any time again in the next fucking twenty years, you're gonna be like, wow, twenty sixteen was weird year. Yeah. <laughs> like you're gonna hark back to that time. So that's one thing that I do appreciate about the presence of memes and and other such references in these shows. God, Harambe feels so long ago now. Yeah. Oh, dicks out for Harambe. Dicks out. <laughs> Not long now. So I can't dicks out. That's going to happen this year. Fun stuff. Oh, everyone. really? We haven't talked about that at all. No, well, I haven't got the date confirmed yet. Um, I've been told within three months I'll be done with the hair removal. But I was told that also a month ago. So I'm starting to think maybe the goalposts are moving. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying not to um, wish that too hard. But once it gets confirmed, I will talk about it on the show. Like, I am excited. Cool. Yeah. Like at this point, well, the I'm hair just removal thing, them. like it takes different time for different people, right? Oh yeah. So it's really hard to work it out. Like, that, like some people it takes years, but like I'm just mm-hmm. done with this now. I just want it gone. Like it's been a while now, and I'm just, I'm just so impatient and excited now. I want it as soon as possible. Just fucking sit in that sofa and sit in that bed and get it done. Yeah. Like, I am so impatient right now that it's hard for me to think at night, which I've not had with trans stuff since I before I started estrogen. Oh, like you're just, you're so dysphoric or... I, it's not even dysphoria. I'm just like anticipating it so hard. And like, I know it's what mm. I want to do so bad that like, I can't stop thinking about it. Like the same way that when I first sense. started writing, like I think about my stories every day and every night. And like, it's one of those things, like it's just, I need it out of my system. So fucking bad. And it's, I mean, off my system, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I just you wanted need to... need a new thing in your system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to put that tweet up because it's stupid and because it just reads like a fucking riddle and it's great. And um, I I don't know if I've brought up on this before, but there's um, a podcast that I listen to called um, J.M. Miles Explain the X-Men, which um, is a podcast basically where um, two people explain like all this, like all of X-Men canon from the start. And it's amazing and incredible. And um, one of the co-hosts, um, Jay, is uh, is trans so um it's part of the family and um their response to this was pretty succinct and i love it and i love comics so please indulge me for two seconds while Mm -hmm. i read out this tweet um jay says most of the conversation about this so far focused on x-men fair enough i'm not going to talk to you about that you already know where i stand dude's wrong enough said the part of the tweet that leaves me reeling isn't the interpretation of a fictional group to fit a specific agenda. It's the attempt to use Jewish resistance to the rise of the Nazis as a prop in this bogus argument. Social justice is a fundamental value of Judaism. Fundamental. The reason you weren't seeing a lot of discourse about it in World War II Germany is because Jews were fighting to survive. Holding up that full silence as an ideal is beyond horrific. The kindest possible reading of this is that an ordinarily vocal minority is only laudable when they're too busy fighting for their lives to stand up for their or anyone's humanity and dignity. So yes, by all means, argue about interpretations of the X-Men, but don't forget that they're a metaphor, and don't let your zeal to defend fictional characters obscure the very people they were created to represent. Hot. I think that's beautiful. I appreciated that. Yeah. Really eloquent. And I think that sort of... I feel like that's sort of related to what we were talking about today, in a way. And that people are... Really, that people are... will interpret anything that they don't like anything that they feel like they identify with to suit their own means. And I feel that's sort of what was happening with the women's march as well. Like people are looking at that and thinking, Oh, this is my space. And my space means that we're putting down trans people like in this. 
people they people find any excuse to push that to push their own agenda and if they strongly identify with like a character or a movement or something they sort of attach their own agenda to it and i feel that's why a lot of people were sort of hurt by the aziz ansari thing going back have you oh no <laughs> yeah are we Hello. okay? Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Well, let's wrap this up before my computer kills yeah, itself. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> because, because it's doing the thing again where it decides that um, once you've gone over an hour, it should stop recording, which it sort of feels to me like when I'm at the gym and I do a half an hour in a machine and it says, and it puts me on cool down. Like, that's so fucking cheeky. If I want to go on the cross training for three hours, I'll go on the cross training for three hours, but it won't let me. <laughs> I just want to work out. I want to be healthy. Why won't you let me be healthy? Called out. Anyway. Anyway. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach us on email at um, transatlanticpod at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Those links are in the show notes. Um, music is by George Gad. It's called Runaway. Go buy his stuff online. Um, shoot us some money on Patreon. Patreon.com slash transatlantic. If you think the show is worth paying for, which, um, fair enough, you can disagree with me about that, and I won't um, have a rant against you like I did about the marsh. <laughs> um, Patreon.com slash Luxander, support lots of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that's most of the stuff we usually say. Uh, I missed out loads of stuff before. That was good. It's succinct. I feel like I can't stop now. <laughs> um, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, George Gad has a new single. Go buy it. He does have a new single. I'm glad you remembered. I'm going to get something out of that. I'm going to milk the shit out of that. We're going to have a one-sided conversation after the, after the music, I think, here. And you can try and work out if you can fucking understand what's going on. Because it was great at the time. And I don't know if it's going to hold up with just my audio. Sorry. <laughs> but I want it. It's great. All right. All right. Love you, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. With the night on your side. There it is. I can't believe I've got this fucking more. That would have been great. That's just a one-sided conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. God damn it. That was great content. <laughs> so I found George on your status, though. Oh, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, damn it. <sighs> you did, though. It's a good moment. I enjoyed it. It was a nice, nice, cathartic little piece of... um. Piece of world meeting. <laughs>